Welcome to The Gradebook, a Tampa Bay Times podcast on Florida education issues. I'm reporter Jeff Solacek. This week, the Florida Department of Education completes its nine-stop listening tour to hear the public's views on proposed revisions to the state's academic standards. Governor Ron DeSantis called for the elimination of the Common Core from Florida public schools, and educators and experts have worked for months to recraft the language, arts, and math expectations to make it so. They're currently seeking input on the second draft. Many of the speakers who have turned up for these events have been teachers, political activists, and representatives of education-related groups. The topic hasn't attracted too many parents who just want to speak on behalf of their children. That's why today's podcast guest captured my attention. Alexandra Gilmore is a Tampa mom who came to the session at Jefferson High School here in Tampa, and she wanted to talk about how Florida school standards disadvantage children of color and set them up for failure. This is what she told me in an email after the meeting. The testing, the FSA, ADSB, the standards have failed not only my son, but so many others. And I've witnessed and spoken to some parents that are in the same boat. The standards don't allow a student to improve. They just continue to raise the expectations so that kids keep trying to reach a bar that is unattainable, unrealistic, and unreachable. She wants to see some major changes. Let's take a listen to what she has to say. So, Alexandra, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me. Well, I noticed that you were one of the few parents that didn't have any sort of connection to a group who came and talked at the listening tour for Florida Standards here in Tampa. And what made you decide you had to show up? Um, but really kind of pinpointed me just over the last couple of years how much I've noticed that the curriculum, the standards, has changed and it's affected my two boys and just speaking to other parents and noticing myself just by being in the school system at times, seeing where, um, how negatively that is, has gotten. So when I saw the opportunity that they were going to have the event at Jefferson High School to speak, I, I, could, I had to jump on it. There was no way I was going to be able to ignore it because then it would have pondered on me later on feeling like I should have came out and spoke at that moment and um, didn't. So that's what made me say this is the time, this is the opportunity to make my voice be heard. And when you were up there speaking, you talked a lot about people who look like you. And I don't want to, I'm going to let you explain what you meant by that because it's better coming from you. (laughs) Yeah, so um, just because I have um, volunteered and uh, occasionally substituted from time to time from different schools, um, more in the urban area, the uh, minority area, what I've noticed is that it's just even for my children, as I said, look like me, um, and just based on their peers, that this curriculum has been a struggle for them, per se, more just because we do have a certain type of dialect, and so that as the standards have gotten, as they want to say, more rigorous, but they've gotten more difficult, and it's more of like a mouse-cat game with the children, it hinders us more than anybody. So, and I've just noticed that those scores and um, trying to reach a goal that we're not able to reach, and the, uh, the goal keeps going up higher and higher, I've noticed that affecting more of the children that are brown, like myself. Now, you're not suggesting that the children can't learn and that they can't achieve, are you? 
No, I'm not saying that they can't achieve. The, the problem is, is that they've taken out basic fundamental uh, teaching. So, for example, I stated vocabulary, spelling, uh, steps that allow you to get to that level have been taken away. So when kids come into the classroom, they expect them to already know these type of rules and procedures and uh, lesson plans and curriculum and standards, and they're supposed to just come in and be ready-made students, like little robots. And so this is where the struggle is when I see that they're coming in, and let's say, for example, um, I'm a mother that works two jobs, and I'm a single mother. So now, how? Uh, maybe I didn't even graduate from high school, because there's no guarantee that I you know, finish my education or didn't go higher than high school. This curriculum and these standards are basically set in place for someone who, even me as a master's degree uh, graduate, have a struggle in helping my child. So it's not that they can't learn, but they've made it harder and harder for even college degree educated people to be able to help them. So if you don't have those type of skills, then it's just, it's not attainable. So that's where the struggle is that I'm seeing that parents who want to help, who want to get involved, their hands are tied. They don't know what to do. Do you think that there's something that a school could do to maybe teach the parents too, as opposed to changing the standards? Or do the standards really need to change? The standards need to change because I have noticed that in Hillsborough County, they have what they call parent university. I've, I've seen them send information through my email, through my son's school, that they have Saturdays and different evening hours. But uh, once again, that will require a parent to be able to be off at, the, at that hour, um, have child care, or even if they don't have child care, drag your, your child across town or wherever the location is. Not only that, if my child gets like my child gets up in the dark, so if I have even if I take up now we're there to six and seven o'clock, so now I still have to come back, teach him, work my job. So this is a lot of stress. So that's where the standards need to change because they have offered the parent university and ways that parents can learn the curriculum and the standards. But at the same time, you're asking a parent to be superwoman now or superman to be able to achieve going to school. And what if I'm going back to school myself and I work and things of that nature? So it's just, it's too much for the parent and it's too much for the child as well. What specifically would you like to see them do differently? You mentioned spelling and certain things like that. Or are you looking more at the younger kids' standards more than the older kids' standards? Well, not even because I've seen both sides of the spectrum. So, for example, I have my seven-year-old who's in second grade. I have my 12-year-old who's in seventh grade. And I've also seen the older high schooler kids as well. What I've noticed is that the older high school kids do not have uh, they struggle with spelling, pronouns, verbs, adjectives, the re- the, cre- the proper way to write uh, a paper, an essay. Um, they don't feel comfortable with their uh, their writing skills to be able to form a whole essay and giving your opinion in, in a fictional because they've taken they've taken away free writing. Um, so it does affect the older kids because now when they have a, they want to go to college and you have to write an essay to be considered to be accepted. They're having an issue with even forming that essay together properly. What are the standards for college? For the little kids like my seven-year-old, a lot of the words that they give in the IEP is confusing and they don't have the definitions or understanding of what the words mean but the, the test itself for the SAT asks what does this vocabulary word mean but you took away vocabulary so then you go to the middle school and so you now you're writing papers and you're giving the writing um 
assessment, the writing FSA. So you're being timed as well during the FSA writing. But if I'm not a comfortable writer with how to spell, they're saying guess, but I have not seen one child that feels comfortable writing an entire paper on guessing because now that's going to take more time. If you're only giving me a two-hour allowment to write a complete essay, not just an essay, you have to read an article that matches the essay, and you have to go in and identify what they say, text evidence. After you know the text and the evidence, you need to identify the claim. You need to identify the thesis. And once you've done that, now you need to show those key points in your response of your essay. So this is a pretty long process for a two-hour allowment, and you've taken away vocabulary as well. And so, so now I need to make sure I'm writing it right, or I have to go back and refer to the text. And you know, I'm, now the time is ticking. When we were in school, you had a rough draft. They've taken away the rough draft. So for my seventh grader, he says, I didn't get enough time to complete writing the essay because I had to go over the article. I had to identify the text evidence. I had to identify the claim. And I had to go through, thoroughly through it to be able to identify that because I get points knocked off if I don't identify those key points. And then my article essay has to be a response to those key points to know that I actually read the article. And so now, if I'm a slow writer or I don't know how to spell, I don't get to finish. As my son, he didn't get to finish. And so that marks him off that he did an incomplete essay. So it hits all levels. Seventh, you know, elementary kids, middle school kids, and high school. It is detrimental to them trying to go to college, even if you're trying to go to a trade school. Anything that, even if you want to be just an electrician, these are all tests that you need to know how to write, spell, comprehend, understand the word, meaning, and they've taken it away. So I think this is the part that needs to be implemented back in vocabulary, spelling, basic fundamental learning. You're asking a seven-year-old to be already knowing how to understand the U.S. Constitution. And even if you break it down, that's still an age development process. You can't come in at the age of seven and understanding the Democratical Party, the Republican Party, how the president's job works. These are all things that come with age. Even my seventh grader, he's still learning when we watch the morning show for today's show on NBC. And we watch Al and we watch uh, Savannah. So we, we watch all of that and we went to the Today Show Plaza and met them and understand how the weather works. This is still all developmental growth and they've taken it away. They don't care that children at seven have not reached that development. Just like I can tell the difference in my 12-year-old versus my seven-year-old. They don't comprehend everything equally the same. What about the, the process. So I what about the teachers who came forward and said, we can get kids to this level. These are great standards. They really push kids hard and, and we can get excellence out of them. Were they just not hearing what you're saying? I was, I was very shocked by that when they did say, you know, this is a great curriculum. But then I thought to myself, how is it a great curriculum when teachers like, for example, at Adam, 11 teachers were removed within the first month of school for VAM score saying that they didn't get kids to their level of teaching for them to pass that test. So we have a lot of teachers that are still hindered as well in being affected by this curriculum. So I don't know if those were the teachers great for them, that they had maybe, you know, a smaller class. Maybe they had all honors kids. Maybe they had, so you have to take that into consideration as well. And that might've been from their perspective. Like the lady who says she was from Marion County and Marion County, but, but if you have kids that are on the lower one level and that's all you're getting, I don't think those teachers would be speaking and saying the same thing because now their job is in jeopardy because I saw it Greco, I saw it Adams, 
that teachers were pushed out all over scores because they couldn't make a child who didn't have spelling and vocabulary and didn't comprehend certain things or weren't taught certain levels of reading and, and whatnot and failed on that end, it was the fault of the teacher. So I think that was only a perspective of a small few that would say, yeah, this is great curriculum. Because if you talk to those 11 teachers at Adam Middle School or Greco or any of the other schools that have been pushed out because of AM scores, I think they would beg to differ on that. What if they took the testing and changed it so that way there wasn't so much pressure on the kids and they still held them to the same high expectations? Would that be a balancing act that you think might work? I don't I don't think so because I don't understand the purpose of the testing. What is the purpose of having a test every single year? Assessments. My son said he had an assessment last week. This week is an I ready test. Next week is he has to put, complete so many hours. So even if you took away some of those rigorous or some of that, you know, and put implemented vocabulary, it's still a stressor to the kids and it takes away the fundamentals of learning, the funness of learning. Kids don't even enjoy school to the same capacity because teachers don't have a freedom to make it entertaining, to make it fun. You would have. Um, when I was in middle school, Anna Green at Gables, so such a great PBS movie that taught kids and relationships and family and things of that nature. And you wrote about it and you wrote freely and you gave an opinion and it allowed you to be able to voice your, how to, uh, voice your opinion in a proper way. Kids don't even know how to speak correctly. So I think even if you're changing the standards a little bit, but you still allowing the test to be implemented, it's still a stressor to the kids and it's still a stressor to the parents because it's still weighing on them. And even in the classroom, the teachers still have to worry about those scores. So I don't understand why we can't just allow teachers to teach, give the basis curriculum like they used to, and allow the teachers to really make learning fun so the kids can really grasp the information that is needed. That's true. It seems like school, you don't hear kids talking about it being fun so much anymore. No. Which is causing a lot more behavior issues also as well. The behavior issues are going up higher. Bullying is going up higher. All because the kids are frustrated. There's a lot of frustration going on in the school system. So, Parents, teachers, and kids. So I guess then when, when they look at these standards, they have to look at them not just in this narrow, narrow way, but they have to look at it in the broad scope that you're talking about. Everything from just how kids can have fun and teachers can make it be interesting so that the discipline problems yes. go away even. Yes. So, I can only imagine that they, that discipline rate is higher than it was before. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. So, so did you get to tell the people at the state everything that you wanted to tell them, or did you have any more? Because I know they only gave you like two or three minutes. For the most part, it was you know, it was one thing I did want to say, but now it was more of that with the school times as well and just with the curriculum and the standards because of, and I think I did pinpoint that a little bit, that you're putting a lot of pressure and I know people keep saying the age is five to eight, but I, you know, and that's, the, but it's five to really 11 because of elementary kids is five to 11. You can't forget the nine, 10 and 11 year olds as well because now school, Sierra Hillsborough County open their doors at seven, 10 a.m. Kids are walking out in the dark. So now the light street lights are still on. You're walking out in the dark. They're getting out of school at one fifty-five, but that is for people who do not work to five o'clock. But most people I imagine in America get off at five o'clock. So now the kids are having to stay to after school care programs since six o'clock. They're up at six in the morning and you're expecting all of these standards to happen overnight. You're expecting a parent to come in because a lot of parents, teachers that have informed me, well, you should be able to teach 
your child. I didn't understand how you're supposed to teach your child at six o'clock when they've been at school since seven in the morning. Seven ten, the doors open. Seven in the morning, they're not even getting enough time to even eat breakfast. I have watched kids not even be able to get the breakfast because they come late, or they have to eat it really fast because the best, it, we have to go on. We have to go on. Breakfast is breakfast is lunch because lunch is served at 10 o'clock so kids get breakfast at 7 10 and then they get lunch at 10 o'clock all of this is an affection affecting the children all of it and you're expecting too much from kids they're not allowing kids to be kids kid is fun at school is not fun my uh seven-year-old gets up cranky and upset every morning because he can't understand why he's waking up when the lights are out he has to do eye ready he has to do homework but then they say allow him to have extracurricular activities if you play basketball or baseball you're not going to get home to seven and then you have to walk in and then you have to do homework so i think that this curriculum and standards is just not about within the work study but all around with the times that you're putting on these little kids and just how much you're giving into their lap and that goes for middle school goes a little bit later and high school does as well but it's still all affecting these children at the end of the day are you glad that they came and listened or do you think that it was just a show i would like to believe that that they came and listened i mean some people that spoke to me after said it you know they don't really listen but even if they didn't listen somebody could have changed the the point of view for anybody else in that room you know and so just changing one or two people's point of view then it's successful it was successful for me to attend and I got some positive feedback so for me going forward with that I think it was great that I attended and so um I hope they listen and I guess going forward just to be on a lookout to see you know what happens next that's right so we'll I guess have to read all of the new drafts which they said will be different than yes. the current ones yes. so so I will probably talk to you again, and we'll find out what, what you think about the latest version. Maybe they put something in that you said. That will be interesting. Yes, that's so true, and I would be very excited. <laughs> well, thank you so much for spending the time talking with me. I really do appreciate it. Thank you. That's the end of our interview and the end of our podcast. If you'd like to chime in on this subject, please go to our Facebook page, Tampa Bay Times Gradebook, where you can put your comments right underneath the podcast, which will be right there for you. To keep up on the latest in Florida education breaking news, please keep going to our blog, www.tampabay.com slash gradebook. If you want to hear something different on this podcast, or if you just want to give us your point of view on something that you like, offer a review where you get your podcast on places like Apple and Google. Send an email to me at jsolacek at tampabay.com or like again, just put our put a comment on our Facebook page so we can know what you think. I'm reporter Jeff Solacek. Thanks so much for listening.